This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're very glad to have you with us today and and Robbie isn't actually here with us today, so it feels a little bit empty without him, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> it does. Yeah, well, there are five of us in the studio, but you know, without Robbie, it's just it's just not quite the same. But we will get a dose of Robbie here in just a little bit, yeah. so there's a promise of that. Who's going to take over the laughing? No, the laughing. Yeah, it's got to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to work on that one. We gotta, I do yeah, have his yeah. chair, so I guess I should do. Yeah, that. his chair, which means I got to ask you the question. We're we're on an eve today. Do you know what eve this is? It's the eve of. Father's Day. Yeah, it's Father's Day Eve, <laughs> right? And so Robbie's always the Eve guy. You know, I can yeah. always count on him yeah. of, of knowing Absolutely. what Eve it is. And so it makes it a good time to do a topic on a father's influence. Right? Yes, yep. it is. Pretty important to the masculine journey, I would say. It is. And this week we're going to focus a little bit more on our earthly father's influence. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, obviously there's uh, just a whole list of things we can talk about our Heavenly Father's influence. But I think, you know, there's times that God opens our eyes to our, our earthly father's impact that he had on us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's good. Hopefully more times than not it's good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not as good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there has been an impact. And so we want to celebrate that a little bit this week as with Father's Day coming tomorrow. Yep. And so I want to go ahead and, and go to a clip with Robbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had uh, asked Robbie since he wasn't going to be able to be here. And uh, for you guys that aren't aware, you may be aware of it. Robbie lost his father just a couple months ago, and so this is going to be a very difficult Father's Day for him, I'm sure, but it's a story about his father's blessing, and so I want to go ahead and play that and let, let you hear his words. The story of a man, his home, and his family, starring Robert in Father Knows Best. Well, since Sam asked me to make a clip, kind of like we use movie (laughs) clips, and I'm not there because I'm on this cruise to tease Harold about his age or the fact that this cruise ship has similar attributes to Noah's Ark, which I know he knew all too well. (laughs) I thought, well, since I was born in the 50s in the era of Father Knows Best, you know, why not use the music? And my father's name was Robert. To back this up a little bit. But certainly, uh, my father's memory is fresh in my mind as we lost him on March 19th. But I would say, as I had a chance to reflect, the thing that I can't get out of my heart, my father was blessed to help you have fun. In other words, I know a lot of times my father took me fishing when he really didn't want to fish. And sometimes he would even catch the fish when I was little and hook it and then give me the pole to watch me reel it in. And he would just enjoy doing that. And I can't tell you the times he would take me water skiing or take me to this or that just to watch me have fun. And it really blessed him in some way. And he was kind like that even into the very end of his life. Then he began to, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, trying to to help my wife have fun. He took us to Hawaii. And even though I know he didn't like going through the sand and all that stuff, he would go out with Tammy every day to the beach and sit with her just because he loved to watch 
people have fun, and he loved to be a part of ha- people having fun. My dad even went to great lengths to make sure his dog had fun, and one of the joys of the last few days of his life is we read lessons from a sheepdog together as, I, as he was laying in bed, and I could still see him having fun with his dog in his mind and certainly living out the fun that he'd had in his life while watching and helping other people to have fun. You know, I really picture God that way, that he is blessed when he puts you in a position to have fun, enjoy life, enjoy him, like in prayer. He's actually enjoying you enjoying him. (laughs) It's kind of a neat blessing that you have, and it's that way. I know it was that way with my dad that we had those kind of adventures together, but I always sensed that my fun was priority in his life. Because after all, my father did no best. Yeah, it's not a surprise. It's a big production. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With Robbie, it's, that's right. It was an awesome clip, and and you know the thing that if you guys know Robbie, Robbie loves to fish. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that his dad must have recognized at a young age and encouraged it. You know, and that's a big part of his life now. You know, we'll go to a boot camp, and it doesn't matter what time we're all going to get there. He's going to be there about five hours earlier mm-hmm. so he can fish. You know, and right. yeah. Usually, he has about three or four pictures out before uh, we even get there. What what he's caught, so yeah, it's one of his favorite things to do. And you know, I, I think that it's important for us to look back at times. You know that mm. that uh, even if your life wasn't always great in your home life, mm. maybe there are some times that God will remind you of a few things. Yeah. You know, I was uh, praying a little bit this week as I was driving in the car. You know, so God, what's a story about? You know, a blessing for my dad, you know, just a time where he's shown me his love, you know, and I don't want something, God, I'm being, I'm being selfish here, God. I don't want, I don't want something I've shared on the air before, oh. you know, <laughs> you know, cause my yeah, time right. with my dad was kind of short. Uh, I was fortunate to have him for 21 years, but he had a stroke when I was 12 and really wasn't able to talk after that. He could say a few choice cuss words. Um, yes, no. Look angrily. <laughs> he had those down pretty well. But uh, go, other than, go Reds. Yeah, go Reds. But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. But, you know, God gave me some really good memories of, you know, riding along. And this is going to sound incredibly mean, but it, it was funny. I thought it was funny. But my mom and my dad and I were riding along, and my mom was just an average size woman. And we're driving up to the bridge, and I'm like, oh, we got to stop, Dad. We got to stop. And he's like, why is that? It's because it says no more than two tons and mom's with us. <laughs> and, oh, man, he started oh, cackling boy. and laughing. And, you know, and God brought that memory back to me. My mom smacked me like she always did. You know, and it was, she laughed yeah, and we had right. fun. But that's probably why I, I know you guys don't always find me funny, but that's probably where my sense of humor came from was just my dad always showing favor when we would laugh together. And it is a rare woman that thinks jokes about her weight are funny. So. Yeah, I had a really cool mom. I have to give you that. You know, I'm going to um, set up another clip from Braveheart, but will you talk about it, Andy? Sure. This is um, when um, William's dad's about ready to go off uh, to fight. Uh, they're being attacked by um, Longshanks and his army. And uh, William is there and he wants to go fight and his dad pretty much gives him guidance that you know there's more to than just fighting and that he has a place there at home but yet he gives us his blessing and it's really a cool uh, just a cool interaction between the two to where the son knows that he that the father has that love and that commitment to him and then there's a second part of the clip 
is after the father's passed away and he comes to William in a dream. Right. Because William's struggling with leaving the family farm to go with his uncle. And so you get these two are kind of blended together. So you got the first part that Andy's talking about and the second part where the father comes to him and gives him some more blessing. Yep. Where do you think you're going? I'm going with you. Oh, you're going with me, eh? And what are you going to do? I'm going to help. <laughs> hey, a good help you'll be too. But I need you to stay here and look after the place for me while I'm away. I can find I know. I know you can find It's our wits that make us men. See you tomorrow. Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. You know, obviously we're talking about a movie, but when you when you look at the blessing that a young William gets both from his father and then and later from his uncle, that he, it affects it and how he turns out as a man. A man that lives from his heart, a man that lives to fight bravely, but also intelligently. Yeah, the statement, your heart is free. With the whole, his whole, his whole uh, life journey was about freedom, mm-hmm. about living free where the enemy tried to, to keep him entangled, you know, in bondage, so. Yeah, it's, it's so important for a little boy not only to know he's loved and he's, he's got the, the apple of his father's eye, but also to know he has what it takes. Now, Jim, you have, you have a story. <laughs> well, actually, it's running a couple together. I had one of the greatest fathers imaginable. He was something else, and he was a huge blessing to many people in the community. But... I learned. I knew one thing about my father that was the most important thing. It was I was unconditionally loved, and so I had a good model of God growing up. And the first thing I thought of was kind of embarrassing, but I think I was eleven or twelve. We were visiting a cousin in North Wilkesboro, and Ricky Smoke. I'm sorry, I don't think I ever apologized for stealing your minerals, but. But we got my other another cousin and I got caught stealing from him, and normally my punishment was going and picking a switch and coming back and getting switched. And the most powerful correction my father ever did, and I can still see him sitting on the edge of the tub while I'm sitting on the toilet seat, and he looks at me. It's one of the few times I saw a tear in my father's eye, and he said, "Jimmy, I'm so disappointed in you." And that had a huge impact on my life. I never wanted to disappoint my father. And that's a big part of my love for God. Fast forward a bunch of years, and my father died 20 years ago, but he still has a huge impact on my life. And my father wound really is not a wound so much that he caused, but it's a the biggest part of my wound is I'll never match up to the man that my father was. But close to the end of his life, when I was in, I was still in seminary and I was sitting in the car with him and he turned to me and said, you know, Jimmy, I'm really proud of you. 
And that meant everything. That was the affirmation that just has stuck with me because I've, and that sort of healed the, the wound I had of I'll never be as great as my father and I'm different, so I'm not supposed to be my father. Yeah, thank you, Jim. You know, I, um, <clears throat> as you're talking, I, there's one of the things for me that you talked about on the air many times, but my dad never came to baseball games, right? And I talked a lot about that. And, um, and I would strike out like all the time. Well, he came to one game, and I remember him sitting out in the outfield. And don't you know that's a game I hit a triple? <laughs> and, and, yes. and I think it is something to do with just that father's love, just being there, you know, and knowing he was there, knowing he's supporting me. And, and we'll come back, we're going to talk more about a father's love and the influence he's had on us. But he has a lot he wants to influence you at this next boot camp. Go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register now for the boot camp coming in November 7th through 10th. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way, you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. What God does at Masculine Journey Radio Boot Camp. When I first got here, I was kind of closed off. Didn't really want to talk to anybody because I thought it was stupid. I didn't believe. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like each person who spoke kind of chipped away at this feeling I was having and chipped away at this mask I was hiding behind. I've never heard anybody speak about God and Jesus and the way we're supposed to feel like you guys have this weekend. Coming November 7th through the 10th, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org and register today. Thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. That was a little bit longer bumping, but I couldn't cut it off. I just wanted, Rodney recommended it, and I just wanted to keep listening to the song. It's such a good, good song. Yeah, I'd love to listen to the whole thing right now. Yeah, no, it's good. And and uh, one thing I want to ask the, the listeners to consider is, as we talk about the impact that a father's made on our life, if your dad's made that impact on yours, why don't you share this show with him this week? Send him a link, send him a clip, say, hey, I want to just let you know what impact you've had, and more importantly, share the words with him. Let him know from your heart how much that he's made an impact on your life. Harold, now, I know it's been a couple years since you were a teenager. I'm not going to pick on you like (laughs) Robbie. You know, just they were just wooden tools back then. But still, no, you had a a story about your father's impact in your teenage years. Yeah, uh, it was one thing that uh, my father did that I didn't recognize until probably I was in my mid-30s. But my dad uh, worked uh, operating a ditching machine for putting in pipeline with the gas company. Didn't matter how hot it was, how cold it was, if it was wet, whatever. 
he had to go and, and do his job. And he said something that really resonated with me subconsciously, I think, more than in a conscious way. And he would say to me, son, get yourself an education so you don't have to work like I do. And, uh, you know, to me, he wasn't saying, I'm going to send you to college. It was get yourself. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, I worked my way through. I worked in the summers at a plant there in, in my hometown, saved my nickels, worked at a boarding house to eat free, uh, and I got through college, and, of course, prices back then in the old days <laughs> were a lot different. But I finished, and I had no debt. And yeah. uh, and that was a huge impact on the, the the life that I've been able to have that came directly, I think, from him. That's great. You know, well, the pay scale was so much lower, too, though. So it's all relative. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it still takes a lot to get through and pay your way through school and— yeah, it is a big impact that your father had on your life because you went on and, and did a lot of stuff with uh, engineering and computers and in a world that he was never a part of. Right. And he was very proud of me for, for what I was able to accomplish. Okay. going to talk about the importance of a father's influence, and it doesn't. that's not an age thing. Uh, now... Sorry, I got kind of choked up there. Uh, Rodney, is does it matter whether you're you're uh, ten or forty? In a, in a father's influence, still pretty important to you. It's always there. Um, your father, whether he's with you or he's been gone for a while, as mine has been, as yours has been, uh, it's one of those things that has an influence on you that you think about at the times when you're never ever trying to think about it. It just yeah. pops in in those rare instances where. It's positive or negative. Some of us have that father wound that really, really hurts us. And some of us, more like Jim, where, hey, I don't have really a father wound, It's but it's more pleasurable. But I think most of us are on a roller coaster ride. For me, it's like, hey, like they say, I forget which movie it's from. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, There were so many wonderful things and then so many things that you look back on, you're like, oh, he wasn't a great father. You know, he wasn't perfect, but there's so many wonderful things. So... On the wonderful side, I mean, I just remember uh, how hardworking he w- always was. And I worked with him during the summers uh, part-time. I was out on my own part-time working at the same company out in fields. You know, the sun was up. I was running a machine through the field. We uh, uh, worked on a seed corn company, so we had to detassel corn and things of that nature. So I was out running machines that would automatically pull, run rollers and pull the tassels out and then the kids would come behind us but always out in the sun working and he was always working extra hours uh the winters he was plowing snow for people not just for him but for his family he would plow for the people that worked at the company other people around town and that was also the camaraderie that came from that small town and the small town company that was owned by somebody you know that grew up in the town, then it was the second generation that was running it when I was young. And you know, on the on the downside, he just wasn't there a lot. Um, so I'd come home from school or something, which very seldom I ever came home directly from school because always in sports. But I would love to be playing catch. You know, here it was early evening, where he went from work usually to the tavern, then home. And that was just 
the way it was. I I went to the tavern with him a lot for lunch when I worked with him. Uh, he wasn't drinking during work and stuff like that, but it was always, hey, I'm going on with the guys. wasn't always about you know being a drunk or anything, but it was just, yep, that was always seemed more important than me a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You t- said a minute ago, we went into baseball games. Oh, gosh, I was in early Little League. I was pitching, and he was getting on my catcher, who caught for me a long time, actually. And uh, he wouldn't throw the ball back. He's lobbing it back. He's like, fire it back. Well, he just got fired up in those kinds of things, and he got asked to leave. And he never came back to another baseball game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but he was at my football games. He was at my basketball games. But there were some things that we did together and some things we didn't. I mean, when we traveled as a family, it was fun. It was always good. Um, and I just remember he was the leader of the family. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't just a leader of, because I'm an only child, just my mom and I. When we went to family gatherings, Uncle Paul, nobody crossed him. When he raised his voice, every, every child stopped doing whatever they were doing and they behaved. It was incredible because I'm like, He's softy. He's not going to do anything. But boy, that growly voice, and he was also taller and bigger than everybody else. And it was just like he had influence over the whole family. So it was always good. For me, it was kind of funny because I was like, oh, I can get by with it. You guys don't know you can. <laughs> Thank you. Jim, I had a, just a random question I didn't prepare you for. How, how tall were you at your tallest height? Just shy of 6'9". Just, okay, so up there a little bit. Yeah. Right? Now – would you say it's just as important for somebody at 6'9 to have their father's blessing? Oh, yeah. So it doesn't matter height it or doesn't. size. Of or, course, my dad was 6'4". Well, yeah, so it's for toughness. And, and yeah. I really wanted to talk about this next clip, and that helps me illustrate it a little bit, is if you knew Braveheart at all, you had William Wallace's character, which everybody knows, Robert the Bruce, you know, and then there's the sidekick, Hamish, the one with the rocks that you know throws the rocks at him with as a little kid where – William hits him in the head with him, and later on he hits him with a rock. And, you know, he's just always there with William. And one of the things that's always there with them both is is Hamish's dad. And as you kind of look back, you kind of see him just always wanting his dad's approval. You know, they're there together. They, they have a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of competition between them. But there's this little clip towards the later third of Braveheart in which Hamish gets some words he desperately needs from his dad. I'm just going to go ahead and play that as his dad's passing away after the battle and the impact that it has on his life. I'm dying. Let me be. No, you're going to love. I've lived long enough to live free. Proud to see you become the man you are. I'm a happy man. You got to play the bagpipes. It's yeah, you know, yeah. you know, it's always when somebody dies, you know, that they play the bagpipes. I think mm-hmm. and Braveheart. But you've got Hamish's character up until this point had always been there, but he wasn't really the leader, mm-hmm. you know. And his dad passes away and blesses him, and then Wallace passes away, and then Hamish kind of steps into that role a little bit towards the end of the movie, along with Robert the Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, and helping lead the charge. And you know, I think it's important that regardless of whether your kids are ten. Five, they need to hear it, or whether they're 55, 
and you're fortunate enough and the dad's still around, they need to hear it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get to one other clip. It's going to run a little close. But a woman, a, a girl's heart, a woman's heart needs the same kind of blessing. I want to play this. It's from a movie called Fathers and Daughters. And it's got uh, Russell Crowe. And in the setup, they walk into a museum, him and his daughter, who's really little. And they see a mother and her daughter across the way. And apparently, Russell Crowe's wife had just passed away. That's your mama. You know you were the great joy and light of your mom's life. Just like you're the great joy and light of mine. I really miss her. Of course you do. Of course you do. But you know what? Your mom is wherever you are. She's in this room right now. She's watching over us. She's looking down. She's got a big smile on her face and she's so proud. She's so proud of your baby. Because she can see the intelligent, caring, beautiful little girl that you are. Yeah. Baby. Are you going to die? Not for a very, very long time, but I'm an old, 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 old man. Uh, how old? Well, probably about mm, a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a million if I stop eating hot dogs. Daddy? I will be such an old man. Dad! All right? You will have your own house and your own husband. You'll have a whole bunch of kids. You'll have a dog and a cat. And everybody will be running around putting ketchup on everything. <laughs> Promise. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. Now, Andy, I realize you're not a young female, but do you have a story about your father you want to share? Um, just, uh, just the importance of he how he he maintained and went after my heart when me and my he and my mom separated. He knew he was going out of state. He took the time to spend with me and spend about everything he had on taking me on a vacation. It was a very impactful and important for me along the way, and it really helped me get through my later part of my teen years, but he knew that he needed to do that for my heart. Thank you. And go to masculinejourneyradio.org to register for the upcoming boot camp, and next week we talk about the opposite side.